Welcome back to NL Newsday. Jeff Andreas here. It is Friday, October the 2nd. All right, so I'm playing a little Bob Marley in the background here as it's time to get a little bit psychedelic in a segment I call Cannabis. Yeah, Victoria-based company is looking to help people who are suffering through an end-of-life diagnosis. And it is taking a unique approach to that treatment by using psilocybin or magic mushrooms, if you will. I caught up with the CEO of Theracil, Spencer Hawkins, and we talked about what Theracil is all about and how it can help those who are struggling through their final days and what applications it may have even beyond that. All right, so Spencer, I just wanted to, to talk to you a little bit about TerraCell and what this company is all about. You know, doing, um, I don't want to call it experimentation in psilocybin or magic mushrooms, if you will, but what is sort of the, the mission? What is TerraCell's uh, goal here, and, and what are you trying to accomplish? Absolutely. So we're trying to make psilocybin accessible to palliative Canadians, um, and we're doing this under uh, compassionate access. So... Here in Canada, as many people may be aware, we have uh, the right to die with medical assistance in dying. Um, so when we have doctors and patients that are seeking a treatment with a mushroom, uh, given that they have the right to die in Canada, they certainly deserve the right to try something like psilocybin. Um, so it's all about connecting patients and doctors with our levels of government um, to help them get access through, I guess, what was given a, a Section 56 access, which means the Minister of Health was able to give them exemptions to possess and consume psilocybin to help treat their end-of-life distress. And um, as to date, six Canadians have uh, gotten those exemptions, with many more with exemptions out there, and two of them have actually been treated um, and treated very successfully. So for those out here who are listening to the show and they're saying, how the heck does magic mushrooms, how does psilocybin help with end-of-life care? Maybe take me through that process. Uh, like, what are, the, I guess, the, either the medical benefits or even just the, the pain-relieving um, benefits that this could potentially have? Absolutely, and to do that, we've got to go back 10,000 years. Um, it, mushrooms have been used for thousands and thousands and thousands of years um, by many, um, many different cultures um, for many different reasons as well. Um, it seems like, and this is what's become ever-present in more recent research, is that they create a mystical experience. Um, and that's interesting to note, the mystical experience, because the research that was done at John Hopkins, NYU, and UCLA um, all suggested that you know you can take mushrooms um, and not have a mystical experience. And uh, quite unfortunately, you also don't get many benefits. But when mushrooms and a mystical experience are had, um, that's when you start to get the, 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 um, the benefits from it. And the reason for that um, is that a, you put a person, and I'll relate this specifically to end-of-life distress, but um, if you're given an end-of-life diagnosis, you, you may have what we call end-of-life distress, which is the combination of anxiety, demoralization, and depression. Um, and that's it, quite fair for someone who's been given an end-of-life diagnosis. I mean, I would also certainly be very depressed and very anxious. It's a, it's a natural response. Um, However, when you give them a therapy and session with psilocybin, um, it tends to, and this is in their own words, create a sense of openness, oneness, and connection with the world, um, and gives them more life importance, makes them feel like they have more value in life and life meaning. And these are exactly what 80% of participants in the John Hopkins study report. 
80% of participants after having a single dose of psilocybin reporting that they had um, clinically significant decreases in their demoralization, depression, and had severe increases or very dramatic increases in meaning and death acceptance. So it, it, the unfortunate truth is we don't really know what's going on, but we know that it's working very, very well and that it seems to be associated with a mystical experience um, and, um, and that's often brought on by a high dose of psilocybin. So what, what does that mean when you're saying a, a single dose, and you mentioned a high dose there at the end, so um, what, what exactly is a dose of, of psilocybin? How much are we talking about here? That's a great question. So that would normally be around three to five grams of dried mushrooms. Um, and just to, to give you a bit more um, information how it's delivered is, there's, you're always working with a therapist, right? This is a program, it's not just a medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, so the therapist would work with a patient for perhaps three sessions, each about an hour long, talking about the expectations, what that patient might feel and developing trust. And then that patient and therapist uh, would do a session where really that's, um, you know, the patient takes this three to five grams, puts on eye shades, and really has an internal experience where they themselves are the teacher. Everything you have in your mind um, to turn post-traumatic stress and distress into growth is there. Um, so they, they have this experience, and then the therapist is always there to keep them safe um, and to make sure that they're comfortable. Uh, and then afterward, there's another three sessions of what we call post-integration, where they integrate the learnings from their experience um, back in so that they can, they, they can essentially heal themselves. So that's what the entire treatment looks like. Um, and three to five grams is often... Um, enough to do it. This past August, from from what I learned on your website, four individuals who experienced end-of-life distress who were supported by Terracell in their application for an exemption to the Canadian Drug and Substance Act were approved. Uh, so we're talking, you know, less than two months ago here. How, how have those uh, particular uh, individuals uh, done with this treatment? Oh, they've done fantastic. So one of those individuals... Um, I guess two of them now have been treated, um, and they were both very successful. So um, one of them reported uh, almost no pain after months and months of, of pain. And this is interesting, right, is um, it, it's hard to say exactly how psilocybin works. But when someone with a significant amount of psychosomatic pain um, takes it, they, they can actually um, realize decreases in pain, right, in experienced pain, because pain is in your in your mind. Um, and the other patient, Thomas Hartle, who, if anyone's interested, you can actually hear him talk about his experience on, on YouTube if you YouTube Theracil and head to our channel. But um, he reported uh, almost no anxiety after his trip. And this was after, you know, months and months of, um, of experiencing a, quite a bit of anxiety due to his, um, his, his diagnosis. So it's been working very well um, and has been right in line with the research that was done with John Hopkins and um, and now we, we currently have many more patients that are applying for this. Um, however, we are at a point where we're kind of held up because we do need more healthcare practitioners who are, who are trained with psilocybin in order to continue helping patients. So when people come in for treatment, I assume that they come into your establishment in Victoria and, uh, you know, it's a controlled environment. Is that how this works? No, so the treatment is actually, it can be done wherever. Okay. So um, oftentimes that's in patients' homes, right? And you can think of this as, you know, similar to when a person takes 
um, you know, alcohol or cannabis. Mm-hmm. Um, psilocybin is, is, is quite safe when compared to, to substances like that. So um, you actually don't need all of these hospital controls. You could do it quite safely on a couch in your house, for example. So oftentimes the uh, participant will get a exemption. Their therapist will meet with them, often in their home, um, and, and they can do it at home if they please. And where, where do you guys get your product from? So it's not Theracil that has the exemption, it's the patient. Right. Um, so this exemption gives them the ability to procure the mushrooms um, anyway. And I know this sounds odd, but it's the same way that it was done for cannabis. Um, and even though the government has not been able to set up a safe supply yet, um, the speed at which they were able to get these exemptions to the patient, um, all of the patients understood that they would have to procure their own mushrooms. And thankfully, that's quite easy in Canada these days. So to answer your question, the patients are getting the mushrooms themselves, some okay. growing them, some procuring them from friends, family, or online. Okay, so if, if you know a patient is able to get the exemption, uh, so they're able to go about procuring their own mushrooms to be able to take at home, I guess where, where does Terracil come into play here? What is, is your role in helping to facilitate all of this? So Theracil's role is we support patients. So if a patient's interested in getting treatment and an exemption, they can reach out to us at theracil.ca, um, at which point we will put them in contact. Well, first we will do a screening test to make sure. So we'll interview them and make sure that psilocybin is right for them and to make sure that they know um, everything necessary before moving forward. Um, and then we'll put them in contact with a doctor and a therapist to ensure that they have uh, doctors and therapists that are going to support them throughout their treatment. Um, and that's, that's essentially our role. Okay. Uh, other than that, it's, it's really up to, it, this is really about a, a, a doctor, a patient, and a therapist. Now, uh, you mentioned to me before we jumped on here, Spencer, but uh, you know, there's some exciting news that's potentially coming here next week in relation to what you guys are talking about here and what you guys are doing. So maybe just, if, you know, because I wasn't totally familiar with what announcement may be coming down the pipe, what, what can we potentially be looking at here next week? Yeah, absolutely. We've, we've had many, many, as I was saying, many patients um, reaching out to us. And unfortunately, it's very difficult to help patients where they don't have doctors and therapists who have experience with psilocybin. Now, this is an interesting topic because with most other substances, um, such as SSRIs or antidepressants, a doctor or therapist doesn't need to take them in order to help their patients, right? You kind of give it to your patient and they go home. But psilocybin is a bit novel. So for thousands of years, as I was mentioning, um, whoever was giving out psilocybin treatment, right, whether that be um, traditional healers and shamans, um, or even more recently, uh, the researchers in the U.S. and across the world, they have all taken psilocybin um, in research settings and many times um, through their own experimentation, um, especially when it was legal. Now, these days, that's a difficult case to make, right? Why give a doctor or a, ther- or a therapist access to a drug that a patient needs? But the truth is, is that those doctors and therapists are telling the minister and telling our government that they need it in order to understand what that patient is going through. It's, it's about building empathy. So a great way to express this um, is you wouldn't want uh, a lifeguard, right, who's never been in the water before, because these patients are going to experience sometimes, uh, you know, very altered and confusing states of consciousness. Um, and so as a therapist and a doctor, knowing exactly what they're going through aids in the treatment and aids in your ability to what we call hold space for them and be there for them as they're going through this this um this altered states of consciousness so 
we've had um, 17 doctors and therapists put out the exact same Section 56s to our government, and they've been waiting about 106 days now. Um, and we've just heard back from um, Health Canada that they're going to give us a decision next week. And so this is hugely important because it means that many of the patients right now that do not have medical access to psilocybin because they don't have doctors and therapists who are comfortable treating them, um, that we will now be able to help train those doctors and therapists with psilocybin so that they can help their patients. So this is really a huge milestone and it's going to help so many more Canadians get access to psilocybin if they need it to help treat their end-of-life distress. This is a, a really neat little thing that you guys are working on. I really appreciate you coming on and talking about it. I mean, you know, this is something that I'm sure a lot of people will hear and say that that just sounds bizarre and crazy that you can, you know, help treat people using uh, psilocybin. But, you know, we're, we're all about uh, trying to find new ways to, to help people and, and to help get them through tough times. And you're talking about end-of-life care. So it's obviously something that people are going to struggle with if they've been given that diagnosis. So any way that we can help them, I would think, would hopefully be accepted by a lot of people out there. Thank you so much for the time, Spencer. Really appreciate you doing this. You're very welcome, and thank you so much. Um, it's conversations like this and work like this that makes me proud to be Canadian, so thank you for sharing. That was Spencer Hawkins, the CEO of Theracil, T-H-E-R-A-P-S-I-L, for those who are wondering how it's spelled. A company looking to help those who are struggling through their final days with psilocybin.